Hey y'all, and welcome to another edition of the Nolcast. This is the Instant Reaction Podcast. Uh, for those of y'all who are unfamiliar with the Instant Reaction Show, we typically will uh, do a 10 to 15 minute quick recap for y'all, discussing a few of the major issues, which I'm guessing most of y'all can figure out after this one. And uh, then we will have our more traditional show that we usually record Monday nights, and it's out Tuesday morning, which is more of a full-length show, but we started doing these a couple of years ago, and uh, people seem to really like them, so uh, that's why we that's why we do them here. Um, Florida State 7, Syracuse 30. Before you all turn this off, I want to thank our sponsors, Louisiana Hot Sauce, been with us for, for a while now. Great product, much better than Florida State at this point. Uh, ditto that for Mattis Social Central and Township, the great members of the For the Table Restaurant Group, and also Resolution Home Loans. Resolution Home Loans want to get you a great loan today, want to keep you informed throughout the process, and want to close you fast. Call Chad and Shannon, 844-FSU-LOAN, or hit them up at FSUHomeLoans.com. Uh, side note on this, we do not edit this podcast, so uh, it is basically live to uh, live to iTunes, li- live to Google Play Music, live to whatever podcast app that you choose to listen to this, and we very much appreciate y'all listening, even uh, during this abomination of a season. Uh, well, we were way wrong in our prediction, both myself and, and also John Casilio, the Syracuse guest. I don't, I don't think we were wrong about, about Syracuse's defense being bad, um, but we were very wrong about Florida State's offense improving, and... Uh, I gotta tell you, folks, this is uh, this is not good, and I'm I'm not convinced that Florida State wins another game this year. If they can't move the ball on Syracuse, show me a worse defense remaining on this schedule. Northern Illinois as a top ten defense per S and P plus. If you look at some of the advanced stats, they, they did a heck of a job against Utah and Iowa, two, two Power Five teams already this year. You know, Wake Forest defense is not great, but but Syracuse's defense is a bad defense. And Florida State's offense looked like garbage against Syracuse's defense. There are, are real problems here uh, that, uh, look, you had to think, hey, they can make a bowl game if you if you, if you get this if you get this win. They're going to have, have a real shot to do it. Now that this win is is no lo- no longer an option, uh, I. I Seriously, I'm, I'm struggling to see a path to bowl eligibility for Florida State. So uh, that's kind of the way I want to start out the show. Um, haven't done the rewatch yet. Just watching live, taking notes as, as we go. Uh, condolences to Dave Visser, our managing editor of Tomahawk, who lost his grandma this week. I, I was on Tomahawk Nation duty uh, this weekend. And guys... I'm not saying there are no adjustments to be made on offense. Maybe there are a couple, but I I'm kicking myself for not not taking the warning serious enough in the preseason. I I had a source on staff tell me, hey, I think the starters will be all right with the offensive line, but the backups can't play. And I took that to mean that there'd be a big drop off from from the starters to the backups. And <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, he was literal, apparently. The, the backups really are that bad. And unfortunately for Florida State, that's who's in there right now. I think FSU fans are very much conditioned to say, hey, the offensive line is terrible. 
And there have been years in the past uh, where FSU fans thought the offensive line was garbage when it really wasn't. Uh, it was being asked to do too much at times and, and put in positions that it couldn't succeed in. Now, I, I don't know that you can simplify anything any, anymore for these guys, and, and it's not really an assignment issue. And I know Willie Taggart can't, and I don't think it's a, a technique issue, and I know Coach Taggart can't come out there and say, hey, you know, it, it it's just that these guys, you know, there are backups, they're not any good, and they were getting physically beat by a bad defensive team in Sanford, but, or excuse me, in Syracuse. But y'all, that's the case. That's the case. Syracuse beat their butts on the offensive line. Just time and time and time again smoked off the edge. And, and you look who is playing offensive tackle right now. For the most part, it's guards and, and backup guards at that. And they don't have a tackle on this roster who can play. They really don't. Like, this is, uh, if you want to go positive for recruiting or something, hey, look, look at our offensive tackle play on this roster. You could start for us right now, man. If you come in here right now, you could definitely start eight months from now, 12 months from now, right? Sign with us. You're going to get a lot of playing time immediately because I guarantee you the guys we have can't play. Losing Dickerson huge blow to this group because you got Derek Kelly replacing him or trying to replace him. And it's just clear Derek can't move. I mean, he's a guard anyway, but it, it's clear Derek can't move like he could before he hurt his knee. He just doesn't have the quickness. I, I don't know what you can do about that. Um, on the other side, it's kind of the tale of, of two guys. I'm going to write about this this week on, on Tomahawk Nation, by the way, of, of a piece of how did the offensive line get to this point? But it's two guys who really lost a crucial year under the old staff due to injury. And I'm not going to say the old staff did a good job developing them because they, look, they obviously didn't. But, you know, losing losing Jamal Williams last year to the shoulder injury and, and, and Bellow to the knee right when he got there, those are, those are two guys who were rated highly as recruits due to upside. And they needed a lot of development, and so far they've just not got it. And that's not solely on the old staff. I, I do think that that the new staff should have Williams playing better than he is. I think he's having a crisis of confidence, and it's causing him to lose his technique. He's the one guy who I think physically has a shot to be like, I don't know what, what's the what, what's the adjective here, serviceable, perhaps. But other than that, I I don't think you have a guy out there who you can you really have any hope can can play offensive tackle at, at a decent level. You couldn't block Syracuse. I don't know how you're going to block. I mean, Louisville's got a couple pass rushers. I don't know how you're going to block Miami or, I mean, I didn't, I already didn't expect to block Notre Dame or Clemson. Um, I don't know how you're going to block NC State, Boston College, NIU. You can only help these guys out so much before it just gets really predictable, which it already is because they're they're not able to play with any kind of tempo, and and they don't have the the basics of this offense down well enough in order to to make the adjustments. I, I don't think so. I don't want to make this podcast solely about the offensive line. It's not. That was not the only reason they lost this game, but. I really do think here, guys, that if they fixed all of the other issues surrounding this team right now, 
and the offensive line was the same, I still think they'd lose. This is just, it's really troubling now because I don't see any solutions. There's nobody on the roster you say, hey, maybe this guy can do it. Maybe this guy can do it. They, they're, they're already into their bench. They're, they're out of options. And I was willing to say, okay, maybe they had an off night against Sanford because they were legitimately a lot better against Virginia Tech than people thought. But, you know, they had a bad night against Sanford and they didn't improve, I didn't think, against Syracuse. Francois was repeatedly mauled. I mean, there's tons of clips all over Twitter right now if you want to go look. Guys just just whiffing and not having the foot speed to, to, to keep up and or just getting bull rushed back into Francois. Uh, at one point, Abdul Bello, you know, kid who has just ne- never really developed in the program, um, you know, he gets smoked and, and he goes to to help Francois up and, and Francois pretty angrily like like rolls over and refuses to, to be helped up. And you know, I, I know Alec Everly in the post game said, um, you know, how would you feel if you're getting hit like that? He, he said it was you know, the offensive line's job to keep him upright, and that's what, it drives him insane to see the QB get hit so often. And, uh, you know, I, I think at this point, I don't know what you can do. It would be a, a real miracle if they make a bowl at this point. I, mean, I think they got to be probably under a, under a 10% shot to go bowling. And I don't. I really don't want to take this podcast in the direction of of wait till next year in mid September. That's no fun. And we did that last year already because you know you, you had the hurricane and Francois go down, and then the coaching staff quit. But we will have to start talking about some things you can do if the Willie Tackard error is going to be a success. Um, some things you can do now that will be in place for next year when hopefully the offensive line is better. And I, I we'll get into this more later, but I do think there are some reasons to think that it probably will be better next year. Just more guys with experience in the system, more bodies. Gosh, hopefully some better health. Um, if they had lost offensive linemen like this in 2013, there's no way they win a national championship or even play for it, to be honest. It's just... It is frustrating to talk about this all offseason, right? Hey, there's there's a lot of talent on this team in spots. There's there's two major weaknesses, or so we thought. Linebacker and especially offensive line in the depth. And man, they're kind of cooked there. Um, you know, I saw Irish Fell said uh, in response to, hey, could somebody ask Willie Taggart if, if he can put in Blackman? And he said, why? So he could get hit. You know, like he said, the offensive line is the problem, not DeAndre. Um, you know, I, I I don't know that I completely agree with that. I, I thought Francois did not play very well. Early in the game, he missed some crucial throws, but he also was victimized by a drop by DJ Matthews, which, which I'm sure hurt his confidence a little bit in the receivers. Um, and later in the game, he was definitely playing like he was falling away from, from the throws, which is a guy who is is gun-shy, and he's spooked. And I can't blame him for that. He should be. He's getting crushed on a lot of these plays. So, um, with that said, I, I do think that there are some things the coaching staff could do to, I don't know, make this loss closer, not to win the game. Not, not at this point. Um, you know, I'd like to see the pocket moved a little bit 
I'm not one of these folks that thinks that it's realistic to believe you can overhaul the offense out of nowhere when, when the offense doesn't even doesn't even really seem to be comfortable running the base offense yet, and they can't block any play, it doesn't seem like, not not consistently. Um, I mean, you can't be allowing pressure on, on well over half of your plays. That this is this is what really bad offensive line play looks like. Not not the last several years. This has gone bad. I mean, when you when you just lose all your tackles, you're kind of screwed. I believe I read it was the eighth different offensive line combo so far this year. That's just not going to work. I do think though that there are some coaching issues going on that need to be cleaned up. Um, the offense should not have this many. I would say non-aggressive penalties right now. For instance, you know, lining up correctly, I think should be should be taken care of better. I don't think they should be lining up incorrectly as often as they are. I'm not expecting them to be 100% on that. No team does that. But I do think they should be doing that less often than they are. I also think it's frustrating because it's not caused by tempo. They're not actually going very fast, which causes them to be, I mean, in addition to the fact that their offensive line is garbage, they – they don't seem to be able to to operate at, at tempo or comfortable doing it, which makes them more predictable. Um, you know, I, maybe you can go more more two back, but that, then again, that also brings another person into the box that the offensive line has to maybe account for. Right now, Francois is kind of a sitting duck there back in the pocket, so if you roll him, maybe some that'd be good, but he's, he doesn't look like he's super mobile right now. And the defense, for the most part, is not really having to respect him as a runner. So that's kind of another issue. Um, we should probably end this on a, I don't know, somewhat positive note. Uh, if you're new to listening to us, and granted, we, you know, we picked up thousands of listeners, we're, we're not. We, we try to focus on the play, good or bad. So we'll we'll talk about bad when when there's a, a win, and we'll talk about good when there's a loss. Sometimes just the play. I thought the defense did a good job in this game for the most part. You know, they had one or two bad penalties, but they were really kind of penalties of aggressiveness, I thought. Um, they played hard. I thought they had a, a, a variety of coverages they were running. And they also played a bunch of young guys who, look like it or not, obviously I know some of y'all will, will never watch Hibbishy football again, according to, to Twitter.com. But like it or not, there, there will be some positive benefit to that in the coming years. Um, you know, they, they, I guess they struggled today with some cramps. Who knows how, how, how real some of those were. Granted, it was very hot down the field. I know a lot of the media in the press box was complaining that it was about 90 degrees there in, indoors and uh, everybody was sweating pretty hard. But uh, other than struggling with the cramps, I thought they did a really good job uh, of playing situational football, especially in the red zone. They, they bowed up and, and stopped the run and made Syracuse throw on them and I tell you, a lot of the a lot of the, the throws Syracuse made, the, the three or four really good ones, were were really good plays. It wasn't like Florida State was leaving guides wide open, but inevitably they they did wear down, um, and I think that was very predictable. At one point, uh, Syracuse, when they finally scored to go up big, thirteen to nothing, that was their sixty third play of the game. Florida State had run thirty two at that point, so they were almost doubling Florida State up. They were effectively using tempo. Florida State has not reached a point where it can effectively use tempo. Um, maybe at some point this year they will. I, I don't necessarily think it should take that long to, to do so. But then again, 
you're also pretty limited because you're you're just so bad on 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 first down and, and second down that the the length of the third downs you're you're encountering are are just so long, you know. Um, so that's troubling. A lot of people asking, will this impact recruiting? Uh, sure, yeah, it will. Potentially in both positive and negative ways. If you're smart, you say to these kids, "Hey, we got we got some kids in here. We need to who are not not part of our culture, who are not playing for the team, and we have some obvious positions here: linebacker and offensive line, where we could legitimately have kids who right now are 17, 18 years old start for us next year. That's how bad it is." On the negative side, obviously, if you have a second straight bad year, which they are, um, there will be some kids that will be turned off by that. And I'm not a big proof of concept guy in year one. I've always believed that you you recruit your first couple of years more on hype and you recruit your your second half of your tenure more on on proof of concept. Not that salesman skills don't matter, because they do, but you have to have something to sell in the latter half of your tenure as opposed to selling a vision. Well... I'm sure there'll be some kids who, who will look at it and say, hey, you, know, you can't go two and 10, right? Like I, I don't, I don't have that much faith in this. So they, they do need to get a couple wins this year. Gosh, just for recruiting. I know it's bizarre. I'm saying this. Um, I, I was one of the more pessimistic ones as far as their record, I believe. And yet I'm still going to be way off. I, I don't know anybody who thought this team would miss a bowl. And I mean, even in the worst case scenario, it's just hard for me to imagine the offensive line being this bad and and this being the best they have at quarterback. You know, I I, I think I probably would maybe consider giving Blackman a shot just to see if he can give the offense a, a bit of a spark. But he's certainly not a guy that gets rid of the ball all that quickly. And if the staff believes that Francois is making better decisions, and he certainly did make a couple better decisions against uh, – Against Safer, and I will have to go back and watch and, and see if the decision, as far as the, the, the run pass decisions, to see if they improved against Syracuse. Then, you know, as depressing as it is, and it is, the Taggart might be right that, that, that Francois is, is the right guy uh, for now. So, with that, I guess we will uh, sign off. Ingram and I will be back come, uh, uh, come Monday night, and we'll. Uh, um, you know, I, I don't know, man, I, I'm interested to see what they do to avoid a one-loss season. I, I, th- I thought I was done, but I, I just, I've got a couple more thoughts. You know, can you, if you don't think the offensive line can really improve at this point, and by the way, towards the end of the game, I know many of y'all probably turned the game off, but Derek Kelly went down with what looked like a serious leg injury. He could not put any any pressure on that leg. They're not that far off from playing walk-ons on the offensive line, legitimately. And uh, and that's that's really concerning. Um, you, you better get your bubble screen game better. Better get the receivers to block a little better on the outside because this is about to become a real perimeter team, I think. Um, I'm just, I know this, this is disorganized a little bit, but I'm, I'm trying to just kind of rack my brain as to, to different things they can do to help out this offense right now. Because you're just not going to beat anybody if you can't score any points. And and you, you you know you can't score seven you can't score seven points in eight quarters against FBS teams. That's that's just not going to work. So pressure's on. 
year one. Not hot seat pressure, but you know, pressure to, to show something, Pre pressure to show a vision going forward. And we'll see if that happens.